Well, the Badlands are my stomping grounds. The little Missouri's my spread. There'll never be another place I'll ever rest my head. Cause I come from North Dakota. And bigger, better country you can't find. Welcome to the Film North Dakota podcast. Brought to you by the North Dakota Film and Media Association. I'm your host, Matt Fern, a filmmaker in Bismarck, North Dakota. Today's guests are Greg Carlson and Scotty Nolan. Greg and Scotty are the co-founders of the North Dakota Film Society, a not-for-profit volunteer association dedicated to the celebration and preservation of film. Greg is also the film editor at the High Plains Reader, a weekly Fargo-based news, arts, and entertainment publication, an associate professor and program director at Concordia College in Moorhead, Minnesota, and an accomplished producer and director, with films screened in festivals across the country. Scotty is also the founder and editor of the film industry website, allthehitsofar.com, author of the books A Long Way Home and Blue, both currently available for purchase or download at Amazon, a voting member of the Georgia Film Critics Association, and a charter member and founding supporter of the Academy Museum of Motion Pictures, which is currently scheduled to open in Los Angeles this December. Greg and Scotty, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thanks for having us. Thank you. First, can both of you introduce yourselves and share a bit about your background in media? Sure. Um, Well, I was born in Fargo and raised on the other side of the river in Moorhead, Minnesota, and uh, fell in love with movies pretty early on. I think the first movie that I saw in a theater, at least that I remember being taken to, was Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, one of the many reissues of that, theatrical reissues. And then, of course, I was born in 1972, so I was five years old in 1977, and we remember what happened that summer. And so that that was the that was the turning point. I think I decided right then and there, you know, something related to movies was going to be inspired by this this amazing Star Wars world that I was Im- so immersed in. Uh, so uh, I went to at Moorhead High. I had a great guidance counselor, and she encouraged me to take post secondary option classes in film studies. with Ted Larson at uh, Minnesota State University, Moorhead, then Moorhead State University. And Ted became my mentor. Um, I took all of his film classes and worked in his office. And he kept pressing and pressing me to become a teacher of of film, even though I think I envisioned myself working in production um, at the time. So, uh, but but definitely no no regrets. I did end up going on to get a master's degree in humanities from Cal State Dominguez Hills and then a PhD in communication from North Dakota State University. And so I've been teaching at Concordia for 20 years and I'm the director of their film studies minor program. Awesome. How about you, Scotty? Yeah, so I, uh, I was born and raised in Atlanta um, way before it became the kind of mecca for filming that it is now. Um, but kind of like Greg, I, as a kid, just loved movies. The first movie I remember seeing was The Land Before Time. Um, and I was confused. I had seen a play before, and I was confused when we were at the movie theater, thinking that big space between the front row and the screen, that people were going to be coming out as dinosaurs. Uh, but yeah, I've loved movies since I was a kid. Um, my mom, she was a single mom, and that was like the best way to distract me and my brothers was to take us to Blockbuster, or you know, I saw Dance with Wolves on the big screen as like a five-year-old, and loved it um and so it's just always kind of been in my in my blood to enjoy watching movies and then i also am a 
connoisseur of pop culture and you know, I've, I've watched the Oscars as long as I can remember. So it's kind of just always been a piece of who I am. Um, and then the older I got, I, I feel, felt like I had fallen in love with this idea of telling stories. I loved writing um, in school, any class you know, related to having to write something that was my strength. And uh, so I, I channeled that and thought that I wanted to become an actor. And so I went to, I went to college for acting at this private school in Georgia. And uh, then that was kind of right on the cusp of the movie industry kind of taking over Georgia. And that's when I started realizing how much fun it was to kind of be behind the scenes too. So I, uh, I worked on a lot of different TV shows and movies around there um, and just realized what that hustle was like. Uh, and then also professionally uh, started using my kind of gifts for gifts for telling stories um, just in a professional sense with marketing and, and writing. Um, and that took me out to LA for a few years, uh, which was a fun adventure. And uh, then I decided that I wanted an even crazier adventure and came to uh, Fargo, North Dakota. And uh, yeah, my love of movies has taken me from each of those places, but I think it's also allowed me this kind of neat perspective to find the stories wherever I go. And uh, one of the greatest things is to find out that Fargo is not like you see in the movies. For sure. You guys have such a diverse background in film and that connecting point of that love for film, which I think so many of us have. Um, and you guys have acted on that by creating the North Dakota Film Society. Um, when did that start and how did that all come about? Yeah, so we officially kicked off um, late 2019. Uh, Greg and I, I think we had our first meeting about it in either October, or November. Um, but that came... Uh, I, I was kind of sparked to reach out and try to kind of find a film family here. I had been here for about a year and I was just trying to kind of figure out where are those people? There's gotta be people in this community. You know, we have the great Fargo theaters. There are definitely people here who are watching interesting films and uh, like, who are these people? And so I just started doing some like cold messaging and stuff, came across Greg. Uh, we had a really great first conversation and that just kind of got the ball. Uh, while rolling and um, so it's, it's definitely still I would say in, in kind of its infancy of of kind of figuring out exactly what the society could be but um, it's been a really really fun I guess now going on half a year if not longer so I got this email from Scotty and I had never you know met him or heard his name before and so um, and I get a wide range of emails from community members asking often will be like and Matt, you're probably familiar with people who will say, hey, could you make a video for me? <laughs> you know, they have no clue. Or like, I want to make a movie. Can you help me make that happen? And, um, and you know, I always love the enthusiasm, but it's sometimes, you know, more complicated to, to um, turn fantasy into reality. But Scotty, you know, um, his introduction was so, um, uh, it was clear to me that, you know, this was a person who knew what he was talking about. And, um, and so I was eager to meet with him having no idea. I didn't know how old he was or, or anything like that. So it was kind of for both of us, a little bit of a leap of faith, but right away when, when, when we met like that, the day we met, I was like, wow, this, this, um, Scotty is going to really be an incredible asset to the film community in Fargo, but in the entire state of North Dakota, because he expressed right away that he wanted this organization to be to its reach to expand to all corners of the state. Part of it was just kind of my mentality of still getting used to what being a North Dakotan is and learning kind of uh, this community here. But coming from places like Atlanta and LA and how much access there are to things there, I felt like there is great access here to some things, but North Dakota can definitely be one of those places where 
you know, maybe we're an afterthought or, you know, we have to try really, really hard to get access to certain things. And it kind of felt like there, there's enough of an audience here. Maybe we are, we could be the voice to, to showing these like studios in Hollywood or whoever that, you know, come here. We have people here who are hungry and thirsty for this kind of, you know, entertainment and we'll appreciate it too, you know? Yeah. Huge opportunity. You guys are doing some amazing work on shining a light on uh, the, the filmmakers and, and I also like it's not just the filmmakers; it's it's all aspects of it. Um, press, theatrical owners, um, just kind of connecting everyone uh, who love film. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the work and events uh, the North Dakota Film Society does? I know you guys have raised some money for nonprofits. Um, you've released um, some top ten lists. Um, you have uh, your own Academy Awards voting. Um, can you tell us um, what all you guys do? Yeah, so some of the aspects of like, like the awards, that was definitely a way um, with my experience with different uh, critics associations, um, just realizing there wasn't a voice like that from North Dakota that's kind of uh, used in that conversation each year. So it was kind of establishing that voice and giving um, the people in North Dakota who are writing about film um, or making the films to kind of have that, that voice in the award season. Um, and also just to kind of muster up some like you know, knowledgeability about other things that are out there beyond just the latest and greatest, you know, Marvel movie or something. Um, but then that, I, again, we're still in like our infancy and in figuring out what our reach can be. But with having different exhibitors as part of our, um, you know, group, things like that, uh, shining a light on, I mean, North Dakota has this amazing array of these small town cinemas that have been around forever that are still operating. And so it's kind of sharing that history and letting, you know, maybe these small towns don't realize what an interesting part of film history they are. The fact that they have these little, you know, one screen theaters in their, in their small town. Um, so we had plans to, to do kind of a kickstart, maybe a summer series or something where um, we had already started working at the Del Char theater in Mayville of doing a, um, a really cool screening to celebrate that theater um, to kind of share the history of that theater and then maybe do a screening of, of a movie that came out the same year that that theater opened. Um, back nearly 100 years ago now. Um, and so we, we've uh, been kicking around different ideas like that to kind of um, just share the film history in North Dakota. And then, of course, coronavirus has changed that a little bit. Um, so that's when the, the digital kind of film festival series kind of happened to at least do our part to kind of help nonprofits throughout the state. Are your members only in North Dakota or do you extend outside of the state? Um, I think the the kind of charter that Greg and I were kind of working on, um, it's, it's yeah, North Dakota based. Uh, we did leave some wiggle room in there for people who may live in Moorhead, um, but that's kind of like part of this Fargo kind of Moorhead community or even like East Grand Forks, Grand Forks. But yeah, one of the catalysts was making sure it's people who are doing work in the state, um, creating films in the state. Greg actually was a, the biggest catalyst for kind of figuring out who to kind of bring on board with this. Do you want to kind of talk to that, Greg? Well, sure. You know, we, you know, Fargo has had a film festival. This will be, it's, you know, we're moving into our 21st season. And over those years, we have seen incredible growth in terms of our audience numbers who attend. The festival started as a, you know, two-day weekend festival and has grown into a five-day film festival that starts on a Tuesday and ends on a Saturday night. And we've hosted multiple Oscar nominees, and we screen about 100 films in those five days. And so we, you know, the, the volunteer core that makes up the Fargo Film Festival is a large number of people. It's several dozen people when you think of all the 
people who do um, jury work and are you know ser serve in that capacity as volunteers. And so um, we knew that you know Fargo is in a sense because of the Fargo Film Festival it, it's a it's a hub. But I have good friends in Bismarck. I had been to the what was originally called the Dakota Digital Film Festival. Um, uh, in at the Bell May Hoos for many years and loved it and knew that there were some of these other places in the in the state and then Scotty you know as we as we discussed these ideas of the small independently owned community single screen classic theaters not knowing how hard it will be, it would be for them to survive during the time when product is scarce new product is scarce and so some people have been innovative about showing retro you know, content, um, hopefully getting some people to come out for that. Um, and so we, we haven't yet fully realized the kind of that second stage of um, making the deep, the deeper connections to some of our other uh, smaller towns and larger towns, you know, across across the state. But we, I mean, Scotty, I think he, he alluded to this in his previous comment, but, you know, um, despite the fact that North Dakota is a tremendously rural state, it doesn't mean that there aren't people who appreciate film and love media and, are, and you know, North Dakotans are smart. Um, and so, you know, we, we sort of are using that as a way to um, continue being inspired to, you know, to, to find our way into these places where, thanks to the, the magic of the internet, you know, the kids who are growing up now, they have access to pop culture and media content that was harder for your generation growing up and even harder for my my generation a little a few years before that you know growing up when i was a kid i didn't see a movie on vhs until i was like in sixth grade you know my grandpa got a vcr i was already almost about to enter junior high before you could even you know go and rent videotapes so i had to rely just like you know a generation before me or two Martin Scorsese saying he would go to the public library and check out books and study the stills of all these films years before he ever got to see them. And so I'm, I'm still tied to that old, that old school where I remember looking at many movie books and long before I ever got a chance to see some of the, some of these amazing, amazing features. Yeah. Um, one quick follow-up question for you, Greg, uh, uh, for my own curiosity uh, as a film professor, are you seeing a shift in uh, kind of a career mindset in filmmakers? Traditionally, it's always been go to film school, make a film, get in a film festival, uh, from the film festival, try to work with a studio and repeat. Um, is that still the path or is it now you don't need studios, you don't need festivals, just go right to the audience? Sure. Well, so it's a kind of a combination of all of those things, right? The the famous story of uh, first day in a, of, at, at NYU film school and the professor says, you know, everybody who wants to be a director, raise your hand. And, you know, a thousand people's hands go up. And then he says, you know, everybody put your hands down except for you, You're picking out one person. And he says, this person, if they are lucky, right? So MSUM, Concordia, you know what we're we're not. You know, it's not our job to, um, you know, change the course of someone's dream. It's to figure out a way to help them shape that. And so I, when I have students come in and they want to be 
Quentin Tarantino or uh, Ava DuVernay or Spike Lee or David Lynch or whoever the, the filmmaker might be. I want to encourage them to, to see their vision through. But um, you, you learn that there's so many paths in uh, that, you know, I have many, multi multiples of, of my friends have gone, have had shared the same dream, but then they end up either being a script supervisor or they end up working um, in the, on the camera crew, you know, for the director of photography. And so there's, you know, there's so many ways that you can contribute and still find, you know, outlets for your own dreams. Uh, that's, you know, that's the best way that I can think of how to, you know, how to, how to shape that because students who come to the college where I teach, the, you know, it's a traditional liberal arts school. And so the goal is to become a well-educated citizen of the world. So you have, you know, empathy and compassion, you have deep knowledge of multiple subjects. So you have the good stories to tell, like Scotty's talking about being, being a good storyteller. There's technique that goes with that. So if you're, you know, it's not, it, it's not great to be so totally obsessed with just wanting to be Quentin Tarantino that you forget that he, as an autodidact, right, watched every movie at the video store where he worked and has an encyclopedic knowledge of, of pretty rare, you know, exploitation and, and B, you know, B movies and, and genre films. So uh, I, I just, I just get excited when, you know, when, when students share the same passion that you have, I have many students who love to talk movies and I would love to talk movies every day with someone if I could, that's what, that's, that's what I want to do. My, weirdly enough, my partner, uh, who is the, you know, the, the, the light of my life, right. And, and we've been together for over 20 years and married for many of those. And she is not into movies. I don't know how that, I mean, she, she appreciates them and she has movies that she enjoys, but we don't, she's not the person that I talk movies with. So I need to have, you know, people in our movie community, like, like Scotty, you know, that we can, we can dig down and say, have you seen this? Have you seen this? You know, sharing that excitement is the best. No, I can definitely also relate to that. My wife, every time I tell her tenant moved and I start freaking out, she's like, what, who cares? I'm like, it's, it's the future of the film industry. It seems like it's now is like the best time to transition out of theaters if there is a time. Why is it important to not transition and try to keep that theatrical experience alive? I think the fact that it's like such a newsworthy story that you know everyone is on the edge of their seat seeing when Tenet is going to hit the big screen. I think that speaks to how much as an audience, we embrace that kind of collective experience of seeing something. Also kind of the art of it. You know, there is those arguments about, you know, there are definitely some movies that the experience of seeing it really big and loud um, just is a definitely a different experience than watching it at home. Um, but I think part of our mission, it's definitely about preserving that idea of going to the movie theater and make, and trying to convince people maybe to give a, an original film that's not based on a franchise that maybe even doesn't have a star, maybe give it a chance and go see it. Um, show these theater owners and stuff that there are there is an audience willing to see that stuff. Um, but I think the other part of that is um, just kind of people viewing movies in general and making sure people um, or again encouraging people to maybe try something that you know wouldn't be their typical cup of tea 
um, that doesn't maybe fit their worldview or their perspective. Um, but because there's some interesting, really amazing things out there. And, you know, there's definitely people that are always going to watch that stuff. I know the three of us will always watch those interesting movies. Um, and there are other people out there who I think sometimes when they see something that's new and original, they forget what that experience is like because we have there's so much content out there. So it's trying to give a voice to every level of that content, trying to preserve that experience at the theater, um, but then also yeah, sparking this idea of, you know, embrace everything. To wrap everything up here, guys, um, why is it important to make media in North Dakota to you? Um, is it a good place to make media? And why, why should we encourage those to keep making stories in North Dakota? I do teach some production and I've done that, you know, at, at Trollwood Performing Arts School, I taught video production for 14 years and I've taught, you know, at Concordia now for 20. And, you know, I, my good friends and colleagues um, across the cemetery at uh, Minnesota State University Moorhead have, a, have an excellent you know, production program. Their graduates go on to work in uh, markets large and, and small and including Los Angeles um, and other places where, you know, major production is taking place. And so I think um, when you said earlier today that the, you know, radical changes brought on by this pandemic have created a set of opportunities, perhaps, for people to tell, sto to tell their stories, it might be on a different scale, right? They might be, you know, we're already seeing some of these emergent um, and I don't want to use the, I mean, the word gimmick sounds pejorative, right? But people who are like the, the I haven't watched them yet, but the Netflix short films where it was made using well, whatever was on hand, whatever gear, you know, you might shoot a movie on your cell phone, um, that, you know, that sort of thing. Filmmaking is a collaborative art and it can happen. You know, we can overcome some of the technological hurdles, uh, the challenges that we currently face until there's, you know, some kind of, of additional change, you know, hopefully that will result in a vaccine or other interventions or therapies that will, you know, change the, the way that we are able to get together face to face. Cause I, I'm all this summer, I'm trying to re-envision how I'm going to teach production coursework in the fall in just, in just a few short weeks, right. That will, that will start up. Uh, and I have to think, you know, here's something I've always done as a collaborative enterprise where you're working closely with other people and your subjects too, you know, what are the ethics of making sure that your subjects are safe when you're interviewing them on camera? You know, are we going to start seeing in, for instance, in journalism, will it be commonplace to see your interview subjects with their masks on? It may be, but will that work in a documentary form? I, you know, these are, these are questions that are fascinating to me. Um, but the, but, but the bottom line to come back to the core of your question, um, I always think about, you know, the next generation, the next kids up, you know, and what they're doing and they, you know, my children are, uh, are 10 and 12 years old right now. And so they, they communicate with their friends using zoom or discord or other you know other ways to to overcome the fact that they can't hang out as much face to face we we are social you know we need to we need to get back to that I, you know i haven't seen i haven't seen scotty face to face for months now and it's terrible because you know we it, you know it, it it makes the the endeavor more challenging but the way that scotty's responded to 
the challenges of the pandemic have been just, you know, to me, a Herculean effort, right? The launch of the fade in, the daily announcements that are so it's it's content rich and that that he's able to do that every day is really is really inspiring. Well, thank you guys so much. Anything else uh, you guys want to add uh, about the North Dakota Film Society uh, or plans for the future? I would say just keep uh, following us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, um, and check out our website. We're uh, yeah, we're kind of figuring everything out just like everybody else in the world right now. So definitely appreciate your time. I recommend everyone to go check out their content. That's North Dakota Film Society dot com. They have links to uh, all their social media stuff right there. Um, Greg and Scotty, thank you so much for your time being on the podcast, and uh, look forward to see what you guys come up with next. Thanks, Matt. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thanks for listening to the Film North Dakota podcast, brought to you by the North Dakota Film and Media Association. If you want to learn more or connect with other filmmakers in North Dakota, check us out online at filmnd.org. I'm Matt Fern. Thanks for tuning in, and keep making movies in North Dakota.